on this last Sunday of Ordinary Time, before we commence the Advent season next week, we end it with this feast of Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. And in our gospel today that we heard, we heard of the kingship of Jesus in a few different ways. Of course, Jesus crucified is crucified with a crown of thorns on his head. And this is why those soldiers mocked Jesus, calling him King of the Jews. And then we have this good thief crucified alongside Jesus, who recognizes that he also is a king, because he says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, a king entering into his kingdom. This good thief has been called Saint Dismas over the years, and so a tradition around him and revering him and honoring him because of his profession of faith has begun in our church many, many years ago. I think as we consider the character of this good thief who is crucified alongside Jesus, that maybe it offers us a few questions to reflect upon tonight. Maybe the first one being, how did the good thief make his profession? How did he know that Jesus was the chosen one, the Christ of God? How did he know that? There's a book that we'll be giving out at Christmas called Rediscovering the Saints by Matthew Kelly. And in this book, Matthew Kelly introduces many different saints, 25, I believe, in total. And the very first one he acknowledges, he calls the first saint. And he calls that one Saint Dismas, this good thief, that he was the first saint because he was with Christ that day in paradise, canonized by Jesus himself because of his, because of his profession of faith. In that book, Matthew Kelly envisions a little bit about St. Dismas. How did he get to be on that cross next to Jesus? He imagined that Dismas would have been this young thief growing up in a small town, maybe much like ours here in Brussels. And then he graduated in thievery to a bigger town, maybe to Dykesville. And from there, he went even bigger. And so he went to Green Bay, and then maybe after making a fortune there, he decided to go to Milwaukee or Chicago. Translate that into the language of the Holy Land, it'd be going from a small village like Nazareth, where Jesus was from, and then ending up in Jerusalem. And as his thievery began to become greater and greater, one day as he was in the market in Jerusalem, he was caught and arrested, and sentenced to death. And so he hung on a cross next to Jesus and another person crucified that day as well. But how did he know? How could he say to Jesus, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Matthew Kelly envisioned that maybe Dismas, as he was in Jerusalem, caught sight of Jesus one day. Maybe the word was spreading about who Jesus was, and, and maybe one day he drew near and Jesus was proclaiming the kingdom of God, and 
he heard about that kingdom and never forgot that teaching, and on that cross that day was able to call him a king, knowing that he was going to be entering into his kingdom. But yet what we know is he makes that profession of faith. He says, you are the Christ. You can save us. And truly that happened for him that day. Maybe secondly, he makes that request. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What does that request mean for Dismas? What might that mean for us? Maybe for that good thief, Jesus, remember me. Jesus, you just met me. You don't know me, but yet we know Jesus does because he knows everything about every person. And so he says to Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Remember me and show me mercy because I look at you and I see you as the king of mercy and love and forgiveness. He didn't want to be forgotten by Christ the Lord. Maybe for us, we repeat that prayer often. We sing it sometimes. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what might that prayer mean for us? For Jesus has already entered into his kingdom that day he died. Maybe it's us asking Jesus to remember us, to remember us for who we are, that we are the ones redeemed by his blood, to remember us that we are his children, that we are his sons and daughters through baptism. Maybe it's to remember, asking Jesus to remember all the good that we have done in our life and the good that we will continue to do. Maybe it's asking Jesus to remember our faith, our love, and our devotion that we've had throughout life. That all these things that have happened in our lives, that the good Lord will not forget them, that he'll always remember them about us. And thirdly, Jesus responds to that request. Remember us, when you enter into your kingdom, Jesus replies, Amen, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's a great promise that Jesus makes to that good thief. He makes his profession of faith. Maybe he repents of his wrongfulness. And now Jesus says to him, Today you'll live with me forever in the kingdom of heaven. What does that promise of Jesus mean for us except that he is the king of mercy, he is the good shepherd that seeks out the lost and brings them back? It means that, as Matthew Kelly says in his book, that every sinner has a past, but each saint has their beginning in Christ. Every saint has their past, but they have their future in Christ. That's what Jesus says. Today you'll be with me in paradise. I've forgotten all that you have done. Today you will live with me forever. In this crucifixion narrative, we get the very last words of that good thief. He says to Jesus, you are the Savior. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Maybe as we consider his last words, it's good for us to think of our first words. That when we close our eyes in death and see the Lord Jesus, who is the King of heaven and earth, what will those first words be for us when we see him face to face? Hopefully they will be words 
in which we profess him to be our God and our Savior, in which we profess our love for him, so that he might say to us today, live with me forever in that kingdom of heaven.